Welcome to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered. With your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your Heart-Centered Sales Leader and host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for joining us today. So I know every week I kind of, I'm a broken record, but I'm going to say it again. This word sales, I truly am on a mission and I'm trying to create a movement that we change that word sales from something that's just icky, sleazy, and kind of manipulative to really coming from this place of uh, care, love, and respect. So to help you on that journey, please go to my website and take my free communication style assessment. It gives you your just natural kind of communication uh, superpowers and how you're perceived. It also provides a report that tells you about your lowest or your most uncomfortable uh, communication style for you, that means your client could fall under that category and it positions you to just be in better control of all your conversations. So go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA for communication style assessment, my gift to you. So my motivational quote today is by Beth Revis and Beth says, power isn't control at all. Power is strength and giving strength to others. A leader isn't someone who forces others to make him stronger. A leader is someone willing to give his strength to others that they may have the strength to stand on their own. Now, when I look back uh, to before opening my business 20 years ago, I think about what I learned um, that I hope I, I still use today that that was good stuff. And as I moved up the ranks in corporate America, right, you were learning, we're always learning. Well, the education and skill development of working and collaborating with people was actually priceless. Now, for me, I became so curious about other people's personalities, how they would come to certain conclusions um, that maybe I never even entertained or never hit my orbit or perspective. Um, and I was always aware of people's responses, whether they were aggressive or tough or more on that um, softer, shy, shyer side. Um, that is what brought me to work with uh, a colleague to create my CSA that I spoke about earlier because that curiosity is what helped me create such a, such a wonderful tool. So I challenge you, what have you learned throughout your career that still serves you really well from that collaboration point of view? Well, today my guest is Charlotte Allen. Now, Charlotte has over 20 years of leadership experience, including 16 at Kraft Foods, working with iconic brands. Now, she holds a PhD from the Ohio State University and is the best-selling author of Rebel Success for Leaders, Lead, Grow, and Sell Fearlessly. She's a nationally renowned keynote speaker for groups and organizations that are looking to break barriers, drive people-centered, meaningful change, and empower organizations and innovate to lead the market. So please help me welcome Charlotte to the show. This is such an important topic. Um, so thanks for being on, Charlotte. Wonderful. I'm really excited to be here, Tony. Yeah, and, and that was such a great quote, and I think it, it sent, the quote i chosen, um, mm -hmm. it, I think it sets the tone for what you and I are going to speak about today. Now, I understand you're on a mission like me, right? My mission is to change that word sales, but you're on a mission that led you to write the book called uh, Rebel Success for Leaders and Lead, Grow, and Sell Fearlessly. Just tell us about that and, and maybe why you wrote the book. 
<clears throat> right. So a lot of people, well, I'll define rebel first, because I think that's something we should ground ourselves in. Cool. When I think of rebel, I talk about it as uniqueness. It's something that we we ourselves have or do that's unconventional. It's 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 the thing that only we can bring. It's the thing that only only can come from us. So when we're thinking about that in a professional setting, it's our ideas, it's our contributions, it's how we engage. Now, oftentimes when we think of a rebel, we think of people who are, you know, a little bit teenagery, a little bit impetulant, a little bit uh, off, you know, not polished, right? However, when we think of success, we think of things that are, you know, measured and things that everybody can recognize. And I really wanted to take those two very different things and put them together because I feel as though everybody today can recognize they need unique ideas. They need to have people to bring them innovation or change and diverse ways of thinking from every aspect on that diversity spectrum. Most leaders recognize I need that, right? Most leaders will do training to help people understand that it's needed. However, most leaders will also agree that it's not quite delivering on what they need, right? That diversity is difficult to manage. That diversity is um, hard for them to figure out how to actually draw the greatest benefit from. They will say, my people leave. They will say they stop giving ideas. They will say things like, I can't get my organization to like toe the line and, you know, march behind a goal because they're all over here, you know, popping off with these ideas. I need to have something streamlined. And it always has struck me that, that they end up squashing that thing that they need so desperately in the uniqueness of their people. So, I'm on a mission to help folks, organizations and leaders, help them really connect that uniqueness that they so desperately need, whether they're in innovation or whether they're trying to drive change or whether they're trying to up their leaders and connect that truly with success beyond just that awareness that it's needed. Absolutely. So that's, that's what I'm doing. That word rebel, I think, can annotate or connotate a negative word. So I'm glad that you grounded that. Um, here's the other thing, too, Charlotte, right? Leadership is such an important part of an organization. And you know, I know, uh, working with, with different companies, sometimes we get promoted because we were good at the job. Right. Doesn't mean we're good at being a leader, right? So all of a sudden, we're managing the process, but mm -hmm. you can't manage a person, right? We have to lead a person. Mm -hmm. So I've always kind of differentiated the word manager and leadership. It, just for me, managing, I feel you manage a process, tangible things, right? Me measuring yep. reports. Leadership is where the human potential comes in. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, know, I know people interchange manager and leader, but I just wanted to share my, my differentiation. So wonderful. Yeah. And, and, and I think people are, I know through my sales career, 
people have been promoted to management and they never should have been in management. And I'll just share one quick story, which I've shared mm-hmm. in the past. I was 20 something years old, probably 26 years old selling insurance. And I, I'm very good at connecting with people, right? That's just kind mm-hmm. of my jam. So I met with this business owner, gentleman, and just hit it off. He bought a million dollar policy. Now back in mm-hmm. the eighties, right? That was, that was huge. Yeah. And I come in and I'm so, I'm on cloud nine. I'm 26. I met this business owner. He bought a million dollar policy policy like does it get any better than this and I walk in and my manager looks at me and I'm so excited bubbly and he says why didn't you sell two million he should never have been a leader he was great at production he was horrible at motivation so instead of saying something like con that's awesome your first million dollar policy next time you're gonna bring in two million girlfriends whole different same exact concept whole different perspective right so again mm-hmm. promoted for ability his ability to sell not promoted on he, he was a neanderthal actually he shouldn't have been in he shouldn't have been a leader at all you know in mm-hmm. hindsight so um yeah i just wanted to so what's your take on that the manager versus leader before i go to my next question yeah i totally agree with that distinction between you know managing stuff, stuff. and leading people um, I would also say that when you, even when you're thinking about leading people, I loved your quote at the beginning because it is truly about leading through giving power away. So one of the stories that I've shared too is is the the big aha for me was when I actually stopped even thinking about what people were were doing, if you will. And I focused my time with my team on truly investing in them. And that's how we spent all of our conversations, which was what's their growth, what's their development, not about their work as much. I would connect it with their work, but it was really about giving away everything to them and allowing them to shine, right? Allowing them to come forth with whatever they wanted to bring. Um, That's a really hard thing because you as a leader are still on the hook, right? You as a leader are still on the hook. So making that switch to relinquishing is, is amazing. It was an amazing experience, sure. but very difficult, very difficult to switch. It is because the buck stops with us, right? So we're thinking, yeah. I got to do it because no one's going to do it as well as yeah. I can, right? And I, I've shared in, in previous episodes, but I recently hired a virtual assistant, Denise, and mm-hmm. who she has become my right hand. And she left because I call her my partner, not my VA. And, yeah. you know, early on in our conversations, I shared with her, you know, you're, she's 20, I'm turning 60. So 40 years difference, our perspectives are different, right? Our back, mm-hmm. she's in the Philippines, I'm in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in business and in corporate, she's still a student. Talk about a vast difference. Yeah. Her innovation and creativity mm-hmm. and the things that she's helped me bring to my business that, by the way, Charlotte, didn't even hit my radar. And right. she, initially it was have an idea and she and I'd look at her and I go oh my god that's brilliant okay yeah run with it she'd be like oh oh you make such a quick (laughs) quick decision okay and I'm like you're brilliant keep bringing them listen I might not always agree but share man you are smart and now fast forward I have her eventually in 2022 she's gonna I'm gonna put her as a project manager and we'll have you know VAs or whoever she wants to hire under her to create the magic I want to do with my business relate now here's the thing though relinquishing initially I'm like what am I gonna give her to do oh my goodness 
goodness. Uh, right? Because it's like, I do this and I do this and I do, but now I have to teach her and you have to, you have to teach, you have to allow. And then the, the, the blessing has been, she, she sees things I didn't even see Charlotte. So when you, uh -huh. and, and I love how you said that when you give up the power and teach and explore and develop magic, innovation, we're one dimensional uh -huh. because I only have my experience. I don't have a 20 year old girl from the Philippines who's a student that, that's so far beyond my grasp, but yeah, the value she brings, it's so the, it's the <laughs> coolest, coolest. She's yeah. like my, my new best friend. I love her. She knows I love her and I don't want to treat her like a daughter. I want to treat her like a partner and she, right knows that because she's she's freaking amazing so yeah giving up control i'm not and everyone listening it's not necessarily easy but the flip side of growth and expansion is mind-blowing so again just my personal experience yeah mm -hmm. i want to go back to the word rebel one more time rebel and success again you mentioned doesn't kind of seem to work but you chose that strategically for your business and the title mm -hmm. of the book why like what was that aha moment for you to say mm, I kind of need that word so um, to your point and what you observed about rebel is that people people will initially assume there's a negative connotation to it but people really really get that they need that people get that they need the diversity they get the uniqueness they get the the off the wall stuff because if you're if you're in a competitive marketplace and you're trying to drive a new idea to market or you're trying to drive some really substantial change you cannot do that by doing what everybody else does mm. you have to have something really different something unconventional something game changing but we all know that we cannot swirl in this whirlwind of a tornado that's called a rebel forever, right? And a lot of people who are very grounded in success think of that stage as very uncomfortable and very yes. disruptive and very much like they don't want to be there very long, right? Um, so my expertise is really bridging a lot of these gaps. It's really how do we take that, value it for the, the huge thing that we need, right? And learn to bring that to the success. It, you cannot have one without the other, yeah. right? The, these are two vastly different paradigms. And really it's about how do we learn to push them, pull them together, you know, use that creative tension in a positive way. Yeah, that another interesting concept, uh, Charlotte, because I, when I, okay, so I started my business 20 years ago, I'm mm -hmm. in corporate. I still love my corporate clients. Last year with COVID, everything stopped. So, yeah. but there were a lot of business owners online that were still struggling with sales. So I mm -hmm. thought, okay, create another whole division. I still love my corporate clients. I'm still hired mm -hmm. by them, which is such a blessing, right? But now I have this other, I could build, I have the time to build this separate division. And I hired a man, Jim Nysonger. So a shout out to my buddy, Jim. And mm -hmm. when he started looking at my stuff, I said, I feel like my messaging is off in my workshops and I have so much in here but I'm not sure what differentiates me from all these other people who are talking about sales. And mm -hmm. as he got to know me, it was really interesting. He said, your stuff sounds like everybody else. And that's why you're not getting any leverage because it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. And he said, and the funniest thing is you've been doing this 39 years. He said, cunt, people who've been doing it 20 years are like newbies compared to 39 years in sales. Yeah. And as he got to know me and spoke to me, he said, you see things that 
I've talked to so many people who are expert in sales. They don't even begin to hit what mm-hmm. you see. You decode things as they're happening through conversations that most people don't even mm-hmm. see. That was my superpower. He said, that's what you need to spotlight because you're not just talking about build a relationship. You're talking about why, how, give examples. He said, you see mm-hmm. things that most other people don't. <coughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me. We'll have to edit that out. <coughs> Excuse me. So the, um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'll take a drink too while we're at Yes. Why don't we do that? <coughs> Cause I sit here and cry. Oh my goodness. So with him saying that to me, I never would have seen that in a million years yeah. because we're too close to our own stuff, right? Our own mm-hmm. abilities. We lose sight of that whirlwind of what we're really, what is the innovation that we could bring to the table because it's so part of us. So what right. now, so talk about superpowers. What are you really good at? Like, what are your natural superpowers mm-hmm. and why does this just make you so great at what you're doing? Like mm-hmm. letting people go to Tasmanian devil world, but then, and show them how to come back. Right. What's your superpower? Right. <clears throat> so for me, it is, I would, I would, if I'm going to simplify it, I would say that I can do two things. I can create a path out of nothing, or I can connect two very dissimilar concepts or ideas. Those are the things that I love and the things that I do really well. So I I will say that I have had a ton of experiences doing this. Craft was great because they allowed me to be placed in a situation. They didn't know what the business outcome was going to be, right? They knew they had a challenge and they knew they had to fix it. And that's pretty much as far as it got. I got the assignment and it, the assignment was, Charlotte, we have a problem here. We need to figure out how how to do this and what are the steps and how to make this reproducible for the organization. So, And that happened over and over and over again. So I got really good at going in, like talking to everybody, because it was usually a situation where there were different silos, different organizations. Sure. There were things outside the company as well as things inside the company that were not connecting well. So again, all about people and change, right? Um, But it was me going in and saying, okay, this is what I see doing the assessment. And this is what I think we ought to be progressing towards to improve, right? So people would come back to me and they'd say, wow, I never really thought of that. Or, or, wow, that seems so simple, right? Um, But again, it was just, it was just, we have a problem. We know we need to fix it. Please help. (laughs) That was kind of what it was. So I, I love those kinds of challenges. I think creating something simple and understandable out of, and something you know you need is, is really fun. So if you send me down a path and it's not like that, I, I have fun. I can figure it out, but it's, it's really fun for me to create from these very turbulent, not clear spaces and to be able to connect. It's almost like I'm a translator, right? It's like I, I speak two languages and I'm the only one who understands the two of them. So I help bridge that gap. So symbols like connecting or bridging or translating are all very 
um, common from a brand standpoint for me. Which, you know, you fascinate me uh, because my energy is super high and you mm -hmm. are super calm, clear, very um, critical in how you approach things, right? Where I'm a little mm -hmm. bit of a, you know, I'm like a little bit of the Tasmanian devil. So I, you're, when, as you were describing that, you are like the iconic person or the poster child for exactly that position. The other thing, crafts, mm -hmm. seeing, see, isn't this funny how I think people ask us to do things without seeing or realizing, maybe is the better word, realizing that was your natural superpower. Yet they came to you to say, here's mm -hmm. the sitch fix it, right? Figure it out yeah. because we don't know what to do. And they did it over and over and over again. So that's always, see again, my communication model, right? The being fascinated and curious as to people, mm -hmm. why people do what they do. And when you kind of sit back and observe a little bit, observation is a super important tool for yeah. every leader, right? But that observation, we can really hone in on people's natural superpowers, whether it's again, subconsciously or consciously. But if you could get in control of that, think about yeah. how you can write your ship, how you can break silos down mm -hmm. because you're seeing with this beautiful clarity that your natural superpower. So um, just such a, it's, a, it's a cool superpower, you know? Well, and it's really interesting too, because the other word that I hear sometimes working with clients now is like, you're this whisperer, Charlotte. You, you kind of <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm a whisperer. Right. And, and they're like, you know, I, I, We'll come in and I'll spend some time in a workshop or I'll speak with somebody in a, in a session. And they're like, oh, right. Why didn't I think of that? That's so obvious, right? Or yes, I get it, right? Yeah. And when organizations um, have those silos, you don't see yeah. it because it's the us and them. It's mine, right? That whole mentality, probably because of how they were trained or the organizational mm -hmm. structure that they came up through. So what happens is we lose sight of what the best alternative is. So it's like we don't have our GPS on, right? To, to well, see what the, what the, the, the correct course or the best course would be. Or, or you're trained to compete for resources yeah. instead of collaborate for yeah. the greater good, because that's what you're trained for in an organization. I need the re resources for my part of the organizational whole. And I have to fight with another part such that I, you know, so it sets up competition, right? You're competing instead of collaborating. And that is always a path for disaster. Yeah. I, I think that was the structure of uh, corporate for many, many, many years mm -hmm. ago. Right. And then it, now we have to break that cycle because yeah. we can collaborate, not only it was zoom, like we can collaborate with people in other yeah. countries that are part of our organization. Mm -hmm. If they're doing something differently, but the, the means for us to bring it to this country or share it with another country, right? It's so much more viable now that we really mm -hmm. do want to expand that perspective. It's hard though. It's not an easy thing to do. Right. Especially I think, I think, well, I think the tools are there, right? The the, the ability to speak across organizations, sure. the ability to connect is there again, the diversity awareness is increased. The, the need to um, sort of understand different perspectives. I think we still get stuck when the rubber hits the road and we are tied to a timeline and we're tied to a deliverable yeah. and we say, okay, all of this is nice and great, but I have to get something done, right? Mm -hmm. So we steamroll past 
all of these great things that we've just learned in the in the spirit of the timeline, right? Or in the spirit of the objective or in the spirit of we all must be aligned, right? We, we lose sight of continuing to gather that richness along the way. Um, so, so I think there's still, to your point, there's a lot of opportunity for collaboration, but there's still a spot where it falls down. Well, it goes back to what have you done for me lately, right? Yeah. What's your numbers at the end of the quarter? It's not even yeah. the year. It's this quarter. What have mm-hmm. you done? And you know how yeah. fast three, look, we're at the end of the year. Um, where did that go, right? So, yeah, yeah what, what are your numbers? What are the measurements? Give me the tangibles. And, and mm-hmm. we, we don't stop. The funny thing is we can make more money. We can create more product services, whatever yes. it is, exponentially, if we would stop and collaborate initially and then yes. then run the wheels. But we do it, hit the road running, just let me put the blinders mm-hmm. on. This is my objective. Let me go forward. You know, and, and here's the scary thing, Charlotte, and you must see it all the time. I know I see it with my corporate clients. Everybody knows it. We don't stop to do it. We don't. Right? Because we're fearful of me as a leader, what's going to happen if I stop and do this? What risk am I taking? And and how how do I feel about that from a career standpoint? So it is it's 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 a fearful, risky thing for a leader to do that. And they may do it for a little while and they give you such a little opportunity to see if it works and then they'll snatch it back. Right. It is. It is hard. You have to you have to approach this with the ability to demonstrate again the key successful wins is your project ahead of schedule if we do this right are you making um, successful steps so again you have to go back to what's the measurement of success and how do you pull that together yeah and and i have to share um kevin hancock is his name he's the ceo Mm -hmm. of hancock lumber out of maine um it's one of the old do you know do you know that organization i've heard that name before yes Mm -hmm. and he he they're one of the oldest companies in the country right across the united states Mm -hmm. and about 10 years ago maybe about 11 years ago now he got a spasmodic disorder in his voice Mm -hmm. he couldn't speak it was painful and now you know he has a very disconnected voice box but it's not as painful as it once was well you can imagine he's a new ceo right young man put into this position and he gets this spasmodic voice so everybody's coming to him he's a ceo he couldn't talk so he would say to them what do you think <laughs> because that's literally it's because he was in so much pain well what he found was all the division heads that were coming yes. to him for the answers as his father and grandfather had done they started saying well i think i should do blah 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 and he'd say Okay, go. Like, literally, that was the, the conversation. Well, what they found is as soon as he relinquished that control, because they were the experts in their division, not him. He yes. was the CEO. Yes. Well, they started to flourish. Now, fast forward, this it's, it's probably 11 years now. He's been on my show many times. I love him. He's just become a really good friend. But because of this disorder, 11 years later, that decade of time that he calls it, he dispersed the power to his team. He's, he, and he's changing his website. He doesn't want his name on it because he feels it's not about me it's about my team mm-hmm. now right that disbursement of power um in 10 years the company had made more money and profits than his 
his great-grandfather, grandfather, and father before him over that hundred and whatever time period. Can you imagine? So this is exactly what we're speaking about, though. Mm -hmm. It's creating that innovation, allowing people's voice to be heard. Mm -hmm. He says, it doesn't mean I always agree, but they, they feel confident to say, I think there's a better way. So they're saving. And then during the crisis, he made more money than he had in the previous year right. before the lumber crisis, you know, before the building crisis. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine? That's what we're talking about, though, right? His disorder created it. And now he says that disorder is the best thing that ever happened to him. He's happier. Yep. He's less stressed out. His people mm-hmm. and his and they've rated his his company, Forbes and all of them. He has like a 93% retention ratio. Well, yeah, because they're engaged, right? They are engaged <laughs> exactly. in their uniqueness. And I always speak about that. If you can get people engaged in their uniqueness, if they can bring themselves to work and feel like that's valued, they won't leave. Right. But as soon as you as soon as you say, nope, we're not doing it, we got to follow this, then you've kind of lost them. It is really hard to gather that back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But Mm -hmm. here's the thing. If you have somebody at a division head, they're probably there because they know their stuff. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Why aren't we tapping that? Right. And we're not. Yeah. Right. All right. So I have leaders that are listening right now and there's they're probably thinking, I get it. I'm exhausted now. <laughs> it's all yeah, you are exhausted. Yeah. It is because they're thinking, I don't even know where to begin. So how do you address that when you go into an organization and you start pulling apart, right? Breaking it down to rebuild it. Right. So a lot of, it, it is truly a lot of watching, right? So I talked, I like to talk to different parts of the organization because I think that's important. Or I'll ask questions about kind of what's going on or, does this happen or does that happen? Or I'll, I'll give them descriptions in my past to say, okay, this kind of a person, does this person exist? So I'm, I'm really doing a bit of a fact-finding mission Love it. because they often come with a perspective on their situation, right? Mm. They come with, you know, this is what I think is going on. And there's usually some additional components that we need to dig out, right? So really it's about the assessment phase first doesn't take long to do that but then it's it's what's your goal what's your objective and then how do i help them get there so again it's bridging that gap it is me thinking about what's the way to start you know let's it's best to do this within the context of an initiative they have so a project or you know it's not just we're kind of just going to do it to do it right we have to do it within the context of something um and then we take a team Um, I I like it when um, organizations can assign an individual that they feel like um, can champion this from the inside that I can work with. Right. Because then you've got you've got that internal knowledge and you've got that internal sort of um, reason for this to go well. Right. With this person. And then the organization has the talent and that knowledge embedded within themselves. It's not my job to be here with you and hold your hand the whole time, right? My job is to come in, help you with the situation that you have, change it, and then hopefully you've you've retained some of that knowledge and you have people who can then take that forth to the next level. Um, I think that's the best scenario. Um, sometimes it requires a few different leaders to be engaged differently. Um, sometimes it's it's about how how do we do our processes differently because people get a little hung up on yes. the stuff, 
And sometimes the process is the problem. And, and sometimes, quite honestly, it's empowering the people to really truly speak up because there's something else going on that prevents them from bringing their uniqueness to to work. So, you know, and I see that all the time with the, the sales component, right? The companies mm-hmm. that I work for, sometimes they're so bogged down with paperwork and reporting. And yeah. so when I say, but what's your follow-up? You know, how are you reaching out to your clients? You know, what are you saying? You know, how are you tracking it? And they're, they look at me sometimes like, you don't know the number of reports we have to do. Mm-hmm. Like you're asking us to do another report. And I'm thinking, no, don't you have your CRM system? Sometimes they don't have a CRM system. So how do you function, right? So the processes yeah. become a critical component of you'll never you'll never be able to keep up with the marketplace if you have all if, mm-hmm. if people are being buried with spreadsheets and reports and this manual processing to share from point A to point B yeah. to the CEO to operations to whoever um, you'll never increase your your uh, client activity right so that that's right. just my perspective from the sale mm-hmm. so yeah it's um, but here's the thing sometimes you have executives in positions that that's just how they've done it so they only know how to do the reporting from that structure. So when you start talking about technology, um, they freak out a little bit, right? Absolutely. But, but a lot of, for the, for the clients that I work with, there, there is, especially in the STEM field. So I tend to work a lot with STEM field folks, and those tend to be ones who, who are seeing this turnover of talent, right? So you've got the, the folks who are not really technology friendly. I've always done it this way. And that is a statement that is probably a big, huge red flag if you ever hear anybody say, but we've always done it this way, mm. right? That is a telling sign right there. Mm. Um, but, then you've got, but then you've got this need and this desire for this infusion of new thinking, right? And again, it goes back to that dichotomy and how do you connect the two, right? How do you make sure that you're not just stuck in, we've always done it this way? or we've tried that before. Mm. And how do you make sure you're not just sort of giving up everything you've built by going to some you know, new system that truthfully people will need to understand. You will have you know, to implement that. And I'm shocked to hear you say that a sales organization doesn't have a CRM. That's amazing to me, but yeah. Sometimes, and yeah. so a lot of times when I come in, right, I'm helping them build a culture and I, I don't own a CRM system. I'm not affiliated with a CRM system, right? right? So I would never push my thing because everybody's different and they have different needs. But I'll Mm -hmm. go in and say, we have to look at some kind of a CRM system. You have to be able to track this and generate reports. Yeah. And But what happens, the default is, we could track it, we'll make more reports. No, that's not what I'm saying. And it's funny because yeah. through my sales career, whenever they would ask for these detailed call reports, I would think to myself, what do you care? <laughs> what I said, who did I call? What's the strategy? Because remember, we didn't have technology because I'm that old, right. right? That we had to do these these word. No, we didn't even have word. We had typewriters. Oh my god, I'm really dating myself. But anyway, like, just what do you need to know? Okay, the basics because you don't need to know the if ands and buts. It doesn't matter unless you're coaching me. Now that's another conversation. But if you're just tracking report, who was it? Where did I find them? Right? Was it a referral or my own lead? Right. Whatever. Right? So you want to see that? What's at stake? What's the dollar? amount what is the product service whatever I'm offering what's the time frame is it going to happen in 30 days 90 days mm-hmm. right or, or longer and when's your next follow-up you don't really need more than that
in that to track. Yet right. we need more. How much? What did you say? So that referral resource, how many other referrals did you get from them? Why do you care? <laughs> That's my relationship to manage, right? So right. We, I, we do. We're humans. We get caught in the minutia of things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable there. It is very comfortable. Yeah. We like comfort. Yeah. All right. So here's the last question. We're really yeah. out of time, but is there literally out of time, but is there one important skill, one thing someone, an individual could focus on to improve? What would that one thing be for you right now to share with people listening? Uh, I would say the one thing you should focus on right now is, and I'll use the words very carefully, cultivate your network. So notice I didn't say build it. I didn't say increase it. I said cultivate it. Um, And the reason I'm saying cultivate your network is that people today um, do not realize what is right there in front of their face at their fingertips within the network they already have because they are not cultivating it, right? They're not you know, like your CRM example, they're not reaching out on a regular basis. They're not, you know, having coffee on different topics. They're not keeping people informed on what they're doing. So that means nobody is in a position to help. You think people know what you're doing, but probably they don't. Right. So you need to cultivate your network, increasing. It's still great. You know, building on it's still great, but cultivating it, if you're not cultivating it, then why bother even having it? So that's what I would say you need to do. More is better. More is not always better, right? Significance. When I say significance, it's that cultivation, Mm -hmm. that connection, that deep connection is even a better word for me, right? Deep connection is better than more connection. Yes. Right. Sometimes we're so fast to move on and move on that we don't really see who's right in front of me that what I'm Mm -hmm. working on, they'd be the perfect match to help me bring it to market or whatever it is. So, yeah, it's fascinating. Love it. Cultivate um, your network. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Guys, here's the thing. Do you need more Charlotte in your life? Yeah. So (laughs) please reach out to her. Her email is Charlotte at rebel success for leaders, plural dot com website, rebel success for leaders com. I will post it in the show notes. And thank you so much. She is offering a beautiful giveaway. So it go to Rebecca. Uh, I'm sorry, rebelsuccessforleaders.com slash rating, R-A-T-I-N-G. Can you really quickly say what the yeah. free uh, gift is? Yeah. So it's, it's to help you understand your rebel success characteristics. So I've broken it down into characteristics. I love it will it. help you understand your characteristics and maybe ones you may want to try and work on. So that's at a short, short stance, what it is. I love it. it can I take it even though I'm a relative? You, anybody's taking it. Yes, you oh can take goodness. it. Oh my goodness. I'm going to take it because it's fun. I'm going to go take yours too, Connie. I know. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. It doesn't mean mine's best, yours is best. It's about, oh, I didn't even know that about me. Or, yeah. oh, I've heard that a, fil- a million times. Maybe I need to stop and address it, right? Sometimes it's just that reiteration that we think, oh, I think I better stop and maybe look at that you know, particular flaw, strength, whatever it is. So, Mm -hmm. um, Charlotte, thank you for being on just such a Mm -hmm. important conversation. I love the bridge idea. So anybody, if you're struggling, please, please reach out to Charlotte. Um, I, I think sometimes we just need that conduit to connect the good stuff 
and make it great stuff, right? And we just need yeah. that bridge, that translator, which you just so eloquently shared with us. So thank you for being on and, and everyone really reach out, check out the website, um, Rebel. Uh, one more time, I want to say it just to throw it out there. Rebel rebelsuccessforleaders.com uh, again check it out see and take out the uh, take the free gift slash rating at the end of that and again all of it will be posted in the show notes no worries um, thank you again thank Charlotte you, always always fun uh, seeing you and, and thank you just for really good good intel good information today thanks so mm -hmm. much for that absolutely yeah thank you for joining and tuning into the heart-centered sales leader with me your heart-centered sales leader and host connie whitman on webtalkradio.net i wish you all a wonderful week please take charlotte's advice and just cultivate your existing network sit back and observe those in your orbit especially at work and see who might be able to help you correct improve whatever it is or just maybe even make your life a little bit easier you just using their zone of genius without even putting effort maybe from their mm -hmm. perspective. So again, have an inspired week, everyone. I'm honored you're on this journey with me. And I always hope that you find the content valuable um, and tangible for you to create the change you're looking for in your life. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you all next week. You've been listening to the Heart Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.